Good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to Sound Off. The Sound Off host is Brad Bennett, who has served this country as a Marine Corps sergeant during the Vietnam War and has served this community as a three-term member of the Duluth School Board. Now, Sound Off, and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, good good Wednesday morning, Northlanders, and today is going to be a very busy day, of course, because in the second hour today, we have a visit from our good friend Peter Wood, who always has interesting people lined up to uh, talk to us about the uh, wood industry. But you know what? I think it's even going to be more interesting this, this week. Uh, he has lined up uh, International Trucks' top management team. They're going to be coming in, uh, a whole bunch of a number of different people, we will be uh, will be joined in car or in call from the Navstar office in Isle, Illinois. It's about forty miles outside of Chicago. Uh, Navstar uh, is is the parent interna- of international trucks, and they're going to talk a lot about uh, all kinds of things about trucks of the future, uh, what engineering things are happening. We're going to have on the call with us Bob Mann, who's the assistant GM of Vocational. Uh, we're going to have uh, Mark Strassel, who is a GM of Vocational. Uh, we're going to have Mike Known, Engineering Director, Compliance and Certification Instructor. Darren Gosby, uh, VP of Tower of Powertrain and Advanced Engineering. Now, this is not a dealership we're going to be talking with. This is the world's headquarters for international trucks. Uh, this is really a uh, something special that Peter has pulled off here. So... Uh, so we'll have that up in, in our number two. Um, and then, of course, around that, we're, we're going to try to tap into everything that is going on uh, around, the, uh, around the state and around the union. Uh, more and more stuff coming out about uh, uh, certified or classified documentations even came out yesterday that uh, now Mike Pence has said, oh, you know what? I found some in my, uh, in my home as well. Um, Mike Pence came out and said there are a small number of documents taken into uh, FBI custody last week were inadvertently boxed and transported to the former vice president's home at the end of the last administration. And he talked about what they were. He said that Pence has been unaware of the existence of sensitive classified documents at his personal residence until a search last week. Uh, and that he understood the high importance of protecting sensitive classified information and immediately turned it over to the FBI. The revelation came at the Department of Justice was already investigating the discovery of documents that were classified markings in uh, President Joe Biden's home in Delaware, his former Washington office, and on and on and on. And, of course, that ties into uh, documents that were found at uh, former President Donald Trump's Florida estate. A document Biden had indicated he will, uh, Democratic, uh, I should say, Democratic uh, per, President Biden had indicated he will seek re-election. Um, but, you know, it kind of makes you wonder now whether that's going to happen or not. The newest discovery thrust Pence, who had previously insisted that he followed stringent protocol regarding classified documents. In fact, they have a a, a video of him as he left the White House or as he was leaving it. Uh, and a reporter had asked him in a in an investigation if he had anything, and he said no. So he obviously either didn't know or uh, or just hadn't checked enough. 
So we're going to have um, information on that drip, drip and dribbling out as we go along. Um, but so many other things to uh, to talk today. We've also had a change in direction by the United States government. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, it came out this morning. We had talked as late as yesterday about the fact that uh, uh, that the Ukrainian government had been asking for more military aid from the United States. In fact, they wanted uh, our tanks, A1 Abrams tanks. And uh, we had been told, or as of, as late as as of yesterday, that we weren't going to give them A Abrams. That we were negotiating with the Germans uh, to give them German tanks uh, that were available and that were uh, that could be shipped through Poland relatively fast. Um, well, now we find out this morning, and this is an AP news story. Uh, here, I'll read you the first beginning of it. A soul. Uh, well, it says uh, in what would be a reversal. The Biden administration is poised to approve sending M1 Abram tanks to the Ukraine. <clears throat> a decision to send a to send a bit more. <laughs> this, this sounds like hocus pocus talk, Kenny. You know what I'm saying? The decision to spend to send a bit more than 30 tanks would be announced as soon as today, Wednesday. Now, when they say a bit more than 30, does that mean like 31 or does that mean 50? What does that mean? U.S. officials said details are still being worked out. One official said the tanks would be brought, uh, would be bought under an upcoming Ukrainian security assistance initiative package, uh, which provides long range funding for weapons and equipment. And if you read into this story, well, I think any of us probably know that uh, the operation functions of an A1 Abrams tank are pretty intense. I have a, a friend of mine that's in our, our Purple Heart unit that was uh, a, a, a tank member of an Abrams tank in the Iraq War. And he talks about some of the sensitivity of some of the equipment and how fast they could be moving and shoot on the fly. This is something you have to train tank crews for. So, uh, this story said that uh, even if they approve it tomorrow, today, which would mean Wednesday, they might not get these uh, tanks released into the Ukraine for as much as a year because of the training cap capabilities. You have to train the, the operators to run it. Plus, you have to load and move the equipment, plus training parts, breakdown parts, additional things. And you have to somehow get it into Ukraine without Russia seeing it or knowing it's going in and trying to blow it up before it even gets there. And the story says that most of this would probably be moved through uh, Poland and uh, would be moved from Poland. Now, what have I been cautioning for weeks? I've been cautioning that the more we get into this proxy war, a proxy war is a war that we're not really fighting with our own manpower, but we're we're coaxing and giving the Ukrainians, just about everything they need to kill off the Russian forces. And I said, the further we get into this, the deeper we get into this, the more the Ukrainians kill Russians, uh, the more likely is that somebody is going to smack us right in the nose at some point. Well, here's here's a just a real quick quote out of this AP story this morning about the fact that the United States is now looking at changing its decision and going along with giving the Ukrainians Abrams A-1 tanks. A quote 
from Kremlin spokesman Dmitrios Peskov said the deployment of Western tanks would trigger unambiguously negative consequences. Now, now, Kenny, if, if somebody walked up to you and said, um, you know, if you do this or that or the other thing, it's going to trigger unambiguous negative consequences. That's pretty big talk. But what would you take from that? Well, it's confusing. Unambiguous? Yeah. It w- unambiguous? Un- unambiguously negative, negative consequences. Consequences. Well, yeah. negative quant. I don't understand. I don't know what unambiguous means. I know what ambiguous <laughs> means, but not unambiguous. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's baffling. I mean, they're using some. They're using some big no. words here, but I think to, what they're trying to say yeah. is we're going to smack you in the mouth if you do this. Now, what does your story say about the number of Abrams tanks? Mention well, that it, again. It, yeah, it says it says a decision has been made to send a bit more. Than thirty tanks. Who reported that? Wednesday. What's that s- news source? It comes out of uh, the AP Reuters. Uh, okay, uh, this was a story written by Laletta Baldor and Matthew okay. Lee for okay. today for AP. Well, Fox News is reporting that the number of Abrams tanks is thirty-one. <laughs> so it's a bit more. Yeah, it's a bit more. more. It's just yeah, it's one more than thirty. Now these tanks oh. run. Um, let's see, what did I see? I, I saw it somewhere in the story. They're like uh, uh, $28 million a chunk, I think, is what, the, is what the original cost of these things were. I mean, um, you know, and we've got, you know, we've got a number of them out there, of course. But, uh, and again, it, it takes just about a year, they said in this story, to train a team to be able to handle the sophisticated technology of targeting and uh, and everything else in these tanks. Kind of a, a little bit eerie to me. Anyway, well, you know what? We're, we're going to uh, take our first break here. We're at that point. We're going to take our first break of our Wednesday edition. Here, remember, hour number two, we're going to get into it with uh, Pete Woods and all the... Uh, the top executives from international trucking. What a coup for Pete Woods to pull off something like this uh, to get uh, people that will talk about uh, the development of, of uh, trucking uh, future, uh, what the future lies, uh, what what's being done right now at International. It's going to be quite an incident. But anyway, we're going to come back right after this first break, and we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about what's going on down in Minneapolis and the governor's uh, uh, budget that was released yesterday, and uh, how much is going to be left of that $17.6 billion surplus after he's done with it. So we'll be back shortly. KDAL time is 11.23. The Army Corps of Engineers down there in the Canal Park area checks in 29 degrees, a light wind, uh, relatively light, about 5 miles an hour, out of the north. And uh, we're going to have snow for the next couple of days. Light snow is falling right now, by the way, but uh, it's going to be relatively okay. light. A couple of inches today, maybe, and another one to three uh, tomorrow. And uh, it's just going to keep snowing. It's winter. It's January. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's going to get cold. And then it's going to get... about Friday, too. Yes, yeah. yes. Now, a couple of things, Brad. Today, uh, we got a number of days. You know, I, I got to tell you that... Uh, one in particular is it's it's National Florida Day. So let's get that out of the way. National okay. Florida Day. 
Well, uh, I can tell you why it's National Florida Day. Yes. Right now, I'm looking out at the golf course, which is sunny and bright. It's 81 degrees, and people are playing golf. <laughs> Stop it. Golf. <laughs> so that's probably why it's... Uh, <laughs> Man, you know, are you and, guys and weird? Then, and, and then in addition to that, um, I got a call from my buddy Frank. Uh, we talked a little bit last night about our fishing trip this uh, with this weekend. And uh, I asked him, I said, am I going to be able to catch a sailfish? Because wasn't that what we were talking about? Yeah. And he said, no, you're not good because we're going to stay in the inland harbor or inland waterways around Jacksonville. Uh, but he said, we're going to go out after redfin. We're going to go out after spotted trout. And there was there was one third one, but he said there's some monster fishes in these size or in these uh, three categories that we're going to go out for. And he talked to the captain. The uh, boat we're going to go out on has uh, just a captain that uh, he's fished his whole life in this area. Yeah. And it'll just be Frank, I, and him. Uh, he's got a 22-foot, uh, very nice boat. That sounds small uh, to be on the ocean. No, no, it's not on the ocean. It's in the inland river areas. Oh, you're not going to be out on the wide open ocean water. No, we're not going to be out okay, on the wide okay. open. No, no. All right. No, we're going to be uh, inland rivers and tributaries ah, around Jacksonville. Okay. Well, today is also National Fish Taco Day. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind fish tacos. My wife eats them when we go to certain restaurants, and uh, I've had them from I time to like, time. Uh, I like fish tacos. I'll tell you what I like more, though, is shrimp tacos. I really Ooh, like shrimp tacos. Yeah, I like Mexican tacos. Um, also, today is National Irish Coffee Day. Ooh. Now, do you know all the now, ingredients in Irish coffee? Well, I know that uh, one is Irish whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Irish whiskey. But you got to add things to that, Brad, like black coffee, oh. sugar, oh, and some whipped cream. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or can you use just uh, coffee and Bailey Bailey as Irish cream? Because that's whiskey and it's got uh, cream in it. That's not part of the official ingredients. I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh. okay. No, right. um, and it's also uh, observe the weather day, and I'm observing the weather. It's cloudy and light snow is occurring. I can't believe that it's 81 outside already, but my wife's been out there with the dog already. She said, it's warm. It's going to be very nice. 81, huh? Yeah, 81. Let's see here. So you're uh, 52 degrees warmer than us right now. <laughs> Yesterday, Duluth's official high, 29. 20 is the normal high this time of the year. 20 was our low yesterday. The normal low this time of the year is 2 above. 2 above. Oh. Well, let's, uh, you know what, I'm going to get into it a little bit. we got a few minutes here before the CBS News. Uh, Governor Walls yesterday came out with his uh, with his full budget, his, uh, his whole shooting match, everything. Walls' plan... Uh, uh, came out yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, he put the full budget out there, and uh, what was the total on that? Was it sixty-five billion? Yeah, well, uh, it's no, not billion, uh, and it has gone. It's like a twenty-six percent increase from the last budget, which is you know crazy. I mean, this is how how do you justify that? Um, the Coalition of Greater Minnesota said the $30 million boost in local government aid proposed by Walls falls short of what they need. Of course, Coalition of Greater Minnesota Cities, that, you know, they're, they're leftist government and they never get enough. They never have enough. 
Um, but it's it is roughly yes they they have gone from the current two year budget of fifty three Kenny you're right it's billion fifty three yeah. billion yeah. in the current year budget to the new budget of sixty five billion roughly a twenty three percent increase which is crazy that doesn't include however a one-time cost of roughly $4 billion worth of tax rebates and another $1.2 billion in ongoing tax credits that would permanently reduce uh, state revenue, so they say. But the other adding to it, the 23%, is going to permanently increase your, your budget. And you have to remember, a lot of this money that Walls is talking about are one-time sp- expenditures coming out of that $17.6 billion surplus and they'll be stuck on that budget even if we go from surplus to negative. So far, Walls has drawn uh, mixed reviews from members of his own DFL-led legislature. Now, remember, there was a lot of discussion early on about we want to get rid of this tax on Social Security payments because people have already paid tax on Social Security deposits as that money was deposited into their uh, Social Security accounts. Well, we're one of only a few states that still take Social Security out. And uh, and we know that a lot of the people have left Minnesota because of that and gone to other states where they don't do that. And the, the thought was that this is the time that the governor's going to do that. He's going to roll back Social Security income. Well, legislative leaders have supported the efforts to roll back the tax on Social Security income for some Minnesotans rather than eliminate it entirely. So they're not going to eliminate it entirely. They they won't do that. They they can't cut off that big a source of income. I mean, they could, but they won't because they're Democrats. And they're not committed to the plan. They've not committed to the plan to issue rebate checks, instead favoring additional tax credits. So in other words, even the DFL, even his own DFL party has said, eh, you know what, you want to issue these checks but maybe it would be easier, maybe it'd be better if we just gave some tax credits so that when they're doing their taxes, they'd get a tax credit, a one-time deal. But Walls likes the idea of having a check signed by himself because he remembers how 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 much really good stuff that did for uh, you know the wrestling governor. But how can you go to the, uh, the uh, people of Minnesota, Brad, and tell them that we have a historically high surplus of 17.6 billion but we're going to not offer any tax relief instead we're going to actually increase spending raise taxes on a lot of businesses oh yeah i mean this is kind of bizarre i mean this should be this is a time to offer tax relief and let all minnesotans enjoy this surplus well it is but uh, but that's not going to happen because actually Uh, There's going to be some tax increases in this budget. Walls on Tuesday also proposed two new tax hikes. The one that affects the most people is a one-eighth of a cent. See, when when you say an eighth of a penny, it doesn't sound like anything. uh, One-eighth cent sales tax increase in the seven-county metro area. Walls didn't include the tax proposal in his budget promotional materials, but it was included in the 202-page proposal once it was posted online. 202 pages to just come out with your state government budget. The tax would start in October and eventually collect 
Remember, this is a one-eighth of a cent. It would eventually collect more than $93 million a year to plug gaps in Metro Transit budget. You know, the green line, the blue line. They never get enough money to keep that thing rolling. The money would eventually help see the over-budget, behind-scheduled Southwest Light Rail project across the finish line. Listen, we've got to go to our CBS News break, but as we do that, I want to just remind everybody, if you would like to buy your special uh, somebody something nice for Valentine's Day, I can think of one place for sure that they are loaded with items that you might love, and that's Lady O'Collett's Emporium. Lady O'Collett's Emporium has everything from these witches' balls, like gazing balls that you can hang in your window that come in every color, reflect the sun, makes your whole house just jump for joy. They've got soaps and music and clothing and uh, everything from broad axes to uh, to everything in between. Lady O'Collett's Emporium can be contacted at uh, area code 218-722-2240. You might want to give them a call because I think they're open three days a week. 218 722 2240. We'll be right back after CBS News. KDAL time, 1137. I've got 29 degrees in downtown Duluth. Well, Kenny, uh, I, I'm kind of dumbfounded with Governor Walls here uh, when I look at this whole proposal. You know, he, he is going to spend over a, a two-year biennium, uh, you know, two-year budget. He's going to increase spending from $53 billion for the two years to $65 billion roughly a 23% increase. He's got two specific taxes that he's uh, increasing. He's uh, going to increase uh, taxes uh, that will collect about $93 million a year that will help plug losses from the metro transit, you know, the, the light rail lines. And then he's got a second proposal to tax surcharge on capital gains and dividends. Of course, he'll say, well, that's only on those rich people that got those capital gains and dividends. Uh, It would affect relatively few people. It calls for a 1.5% surcharge on gains and dividends higher than $500,000 a year and a 4% surcharge on on stock market earnings, but only if you earn more than a million dollars. So it's just for those rich people. Of course, we know that the rich people in New York and in California are already getting bent over the Buick big time and uh, to the point that they're starting to leave because the other thing with rich people is that, yeah, they've got a little more money that you can tax, I guess, but they also are much more movable, flexible, and they can pack up a moving van and move to some state that's going to give them a heck of a uh, nice setup on on taxes uh, anytime they want. Now, Walls, his plan does lean heavily on that state's unprecedented $17.6 billion surplus. If all of the governor's plans become law, about $1.3 billion of the current surplus would remain. In other words, he's going to spend about $16.3 billion of that $17.6 billion. He's going to spend it. The state's two-year spending plan would grow. Uh, You know, we've talked about that already. Uh, And that doesn't include the one-time cost of roughly $4 billion worth of tax rebates and another $1.2 billion in ongoing uh, tax credits that would permanently reduce state revenue. Anyway, we uh, we uh, Peter uh, Peter Woods is coming into the studio, so we're going to get him right at the top of the hour. 
Uh, Kenny, we got to go to Minnesota News, and we'll come back and wrap up our number one. KDAL time is 1155, 25 degrees at the National Weather Service. There are snow flurries, light snow flurries, Brad, and we're just moments Good. away from the CBS News and then the start of Let the Sawdust Fly. Oh, and it's going to be a dandy today. Peter has gone out of his way to really uh, pull together some people that uh, you're going to want to listen to because they're going to talk about the future of trucking and uh, what what you're going to see in the future. And uh, International is one of the best trucking operations out there for mankind, period. You know, one thing I got to do, Kenny, is I got to find a way. Uh, well, I, I think I know how I can do it. I'm going to I'm going to get a uh, subscription to the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and I'm going to drop the Minneapolis Star. This Why? thing is the well because they're the biggest liberal rag in the world. I mean, I can't. <laughs> sometimes they say stuff in the stories. I just I want to gag. Oh, geez. L- let me let me give you a for instance. Today okay. there was a story about the sixth guy that has pleaded guilty to this uh, feeding our future fraud. Right. His his name is a 43 year old Brooklyn Park man uh, named Liban. Hussein Al Al Shiri, and uh, he he stole seven hundred thousand dollars from the taxpayers of the state of Minnesota. In this story, they quote his attorney Matthew Forsgren. He is one of fifty people to be charged in the massive fraud case since last September. He realizes he made a terrible mistake. A terrible mistake. He fraudulently bent the people of Minnesota over a Buick for $700,000. He didn't make a mistake. His mistake was he got caught. I, I can't stand this newspaper anymore. It just drives me crazy. So much stuff in there is yeah, just get rid of that newspaper. Hike. I am. I'm going to get rid of the Star Tribune. I'm, I'm coming on over to the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Do, do, do you know, does the Pioneer Press still have a Garage Logic guy in there? Joe Souchere? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Uh, they used to have uh, the sports guy, Charlie, was it Charlie Walters? Charlie Waters? I can't remember. Uh, I used Charlie, to buy the Pioneer yeah. Press when it was a quarter. And yeah. then it went up to 50 cents. I thought, whoa, wait a minute. And then that was back in uh, right around 2010. And then newspapers just got crazy and, you know, the prices went up and then they started making them smaller. And it's like, well, why would I pay more and get less? Yeah. And, you know, everybody has said to me, what do you use that for? That's a red rag. That's a red star newspaper. And well, boy, you just got to pick and choose the stories you want to uh, read and uh, agree with, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we're just about to that point, uh, folks, that we are going to take a break here. Uh, we're going to have the uh, sawdust people get ready to roll here. And you are going to be listening to one of the interesting, I, I guarantee, I don't even, haven't heard one word said yet, but I have a funny feeling we're going to all learn a lot about the future of trucking from the uh, big shots at uh, International. So anyway, uh, we're going to, I believe we're to that point now. I don't quite hear the music yet, but we're going to uh, take a break. I don't think you can call in during that segment of the show, uh, but right after that, we'll have questions uh, for Peter as well. So stay tuned. Let the sawdust coming up shortly.